Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Fred. Well, we've got a a busy podcast ahead of us here. First off, in the uh, latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, on top is Amazon tests autonomous vehicle for deliveries. This is something you've talked about for a while. Uh, yes, I mean they they haven't said much up to this point. This is uh, really um, their first uh, public relations uh, effort in this area, and in fact, they haven't had to say anything because they're doing it for their own account. Uh, they realize how valuable um, such an opportunity is for them. Um, a major part of their business is based on free shipping, and the way to approach free shipping is having it costs practically nothing. And about the only way that they're really going to get there is if they can do it um, driverlessly. And so it's it's nice to see them out there. Um, I'm sure that this is uh, just the very beginning and the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and let's describe this. These aren't like vehicles that, that you'd see out on the road, it doesn't sound like. What they're doing, at least initially, they're creating these all-electric vehicles the size, they say, of a, of a small cooler uh, with the Prime logo on them, of course. And right. uh, these are to make package deliveries in a neighborhood in, in a county in Washington state, it sounds like. They're calling these Amazon Scout. They might they might as well be, uh, you know, driverless shopping carts in, in some sense. Uh, they're about that size. And whether or not they're made for going down the sidewalk as opposed to the streets is another thing. But at, at some point... You know that they, they will they will need to use the streets because if if one gets the volume, one doesn't just have a little thing that you can maybe use and uh, use a drone with. Uh, you need an actual vehicle, and uh, and of course, as as we've been talking uh, uh, between the hours of one a.m. and five a.m., uh, our streets are unused. So our, so for the major deliveries, um, they could be making it then. Uh, they have to be able to deal with the last 50 feet, uh, which is the real challenge. Um, but uh, for at least a substantial percentage of the uh, population, uh, I'm sure uh, they have designers that will have Amazon boxes, whatever that happens to be, uh, the 21st century version of, of a mailbox uh, that ex- accepts your Amazon products. So, uh, They've been thinking about this for a long time, and it's finally uh, uh, coming out, and and, uh, it'll be very interesting to watch. It sure will be. And at the same time, there's a a story about a company called Starship Technologies, which is based in Estonia, a robotic startup uh, created by a couple of Skype co-founders, and they are bringing food to customers through partnerships with, uh, I guess, Domino's in Germany and. uh, and some other restaurants, and they're delivering food to students at George Mason University's Fairfax campus. So this is an interesting uh, self-driving startup as well. Sounds a lot like Amazon. 
Yes, I mean, they've been out there for a while, and I think they're actually remotely operated, and so there might be somebody walking down behind it that's actually uh, remotely driving the shopping cart. Um, but uh, anyway, again, it's the very beginning. They've been they've been uh, similar entities, or and them have been in, in Silicon Valley uh, uh, playing with these things. But again, um, uh, this is coming. Yeah, a lot more to come, obviously. Uh, Amazon with its uh, couple hours delivery from Whole Foods stores. I mean, this whole concept just makes so much sense, right? Absolutely. Why should we we be going and schlepping the things? They might as well bring it to us. And and so um, there are big implications of this. Apple. We've been talking about them for for some time and what they're going to be doing when it comes to autonomous vehicles, a lot of secrecy. And now there's a story that they've just dismissed 200 employees from this project, Project Titan, the autonomous vehicle group. Uh, so I guess this is it sounds like a setback. Well, maybe a shutdown. Uh I don't know. They must have had more than 200 employees working on it, but there is so much to do. And it's so hard to find competent people to do many of the things that need to be done. It's just surprising that you would take 200 people who have been working on the project and not have anything for them to do and uh, decide to uh, lay them off. That doesn't seem to me that the uh, given the the uh, competition for talented people uh, in the uh, in the Bay Area, that you would just let two hundred people go unless you were shutting down the operation. So um, I don't think this is a setback. I think it's a shutdown. But uh, let's wait and see. Yeah, you know, dis- disappointing, I guess. Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean. In a sense, this isn't uh, Apple's business. This isn't a a, a business to computer business. It's it's not selling a gizmo. Um, they would be probably the, the they would been, have been developing the AI for it, but but they don't tend to be uh, suppliers to anybody. Uh, Apple tends to make their own thing and sell their own thing to consumers. Uh, the driverless thing here that they were working on is is basically uh, um, uh, something that that you would uh, you would uh, sell as a supplier to somebody who's assembling and putting the vehicle together and then offering the service uh, and offering the service and, uh, as a fleet and it's a, a business and, and not to consumers. So in some sense, um, this this isn't really uh, uh, the an Apple type of business. So maybe that that's what they realize. I don't know. And obviously they've had uh, some struggles else, elsewhere within the company of late. Yes, yeah. yes. They, they better sell some iPhones or figure out what it's going to be <laughs> if it's not the iPhone. Moving on to Google, uh, Waymo is building self-driving cars. Really uh, what they're doing is building a plant in, in Michigan to transform vehicles into autonomous cars, they're not—they're not going to be starting from scratch building vehicles. They're, they're avoiding, right, they're, they're they're avoiding they're, that pitfall. Yeah, right. They're—they're they're retrofitting. So you know, they're they are a bunch of retrofit companies that used to put in uh, moon roofs or or sunroofs in cars. You know, they come off the assembly line and somebody goes down the street and and they put in the sunroof. 
sunroof. Uh, I guess this is what Google is doing is they'll, they'll put on their AI, uh, uh, and sensor equipment, which is, which is the right thing for them to do. Um, uh, there are a lot of folks, uh, the OEMs know how to build vehicles that will go in, in minus 40 to 100 and who knows what degrees and so on and so forth and, and, and really, uh, uh, be able to survive roadways. Um, uh, Google doesn't need to do that or Waymo doesn't need to do that, but uh, then to, um, in an aftermarket sense, uh, strap on, uh, the sensors and the computer and, and have it go and, uh, and drive itself. Um, that is something that they can and need and should do. And, um, and it's appropriate. So it looks like, uh, yes, they'll be buying their cars, uh, that are manufactured in, uh, in Detroit since they located this in Detroit. And I guess they'll go across the street or down the street or wherever and, um, and they'll do their retrofits. There's, uh, a piece in in the newsletter about uh, the the latest from the drive and uh it's titled the Argo AI Diaries Part 1 how i crashed my ford in the garage of a self-driving car company well it's uh, it's alex roy and uh, and alex roy is joining argo at the end of the month and uh, he uh, written a couple of articles lately in, in the drive and i just thought it'd be interesting to the readers to uh uh, to uh, uh, get Alex's perspective, he's uh, um, he's certainly uh, been uh, been a um, a observer of the industry and a commenter, and it's uh, it's good to see him uh, uh, go in and and really uh, uh, try to help these companies uh, develop uh, uh, the marketplace uh, for these vehicles and and, and develop the uh, these mobility machines that actually go out and really will end up providing mobility uh, to everyone. So um, uh, we wish him well. And, and Argo's headquarters is in Pittsburgh, near and dear to your heart. Yeah, I was raised in Pittsburgh, so I guess he'll become a Stiller fan and whatever. Another another piece from the newsletter uh, from Deloitte Insights, uh, Building a Driverless Future, an executive interview with GM's Mandy Gammon. Yes, it's it's um, it's a little bit of public relations. Uh, uh, she she is their chief engineer article. of autonomous vehicles. We should say absolutely, and I you know and and um, and it is a little public relationsy. But but there are two very important comments that she does make there. Uh, one is is that they uh, at least. Uh, the aspect that she's interested in is really to provide um, a mobility machine uh, that provides uh, on a ride-sharing basis when appropriate um, mobility to anybody. So it's it's nice to see that uh, reaffirmed uh, um, without Hemin and Han, and and so that's nice. Um, uh, the second piece is that um, is that she recognizes that in fact uh, GM is uh, is really um, uh, this is a new market for them and this is a uh, and GM will be sort of a two-headed entity uh, one continuing to sell uh, cars to individuals and the other uh, maybe even providing not only developing the vehicles and the technology but also providing. Uh, the mobility on the uh, on a ride-sharing basis to the general public. Um, this is not an easy thing for a company to do. Uh, 
uh, and it just reminded me of, um, of a time when, um, when uh, GM uh, created Saturn and, um, and uh, really thought and, and created a, a new car company. And uh, that sort of worked. Yeah, that was designed to create uh, sort of a new kind of car it, buying experience as well, right? And right, new car buying experience, no haggling, a uh, new kind of car, Japanese type of technology, so on and so forth. Uh, but anyway, it reminded me of that, and uh, strong efforts were made uh, to have GM uh, be both uh, at that time. Um, in the end, it didn't work out. Uh, I certainly hope uh, this works out. And, and we're hoping, obviously, to hear more from her, perhaps, uh in, in the coming weeks and months. Right. I sure would love to have her at the summit. Another story from the Wall Street Journal uh, this month. Uh, it was headlined, Driverless Cars Tap the Brakes After Years of Hype. Um, but when you read into it, 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 it's a little more optimistic than the headline would lead you to believe. Well, yes. I mean, the, the hype, I think, in, in the end, hurts. And one has to get away from the hype and get to the reality. And, and in a sense, uh, this is, this is in some sense really good. Um, yes, now let's deal with the details of having it actually accepted in the neighborhood and having it welcomed in our communities and having people, um, um, use it and love it and not trash it and, and develop it so that in fact people do use it, love it and don't trash it. And um, and hype doesn't do it. So um, so this is a very positive article, I think. Great. Uh, uh, let's get away from the hype. Unless you think that when I say that, in fact, this is mobility for everybody, and 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 these are mobility machines, uh, then um, then well, we have a different definition of hype. There's a story from the UK that that's interesting here about. Uh some pod trials taking place uh, involving a company called Urigo, U-R-R-I-G-O. And they're, and they're referred to yes. as self-driving pods. Right, and they're very interesting. And, and there's been an effort for the, at least a few years uh, to have three demonstrations in, uh, in and around London and England, and those are progressing. And, and uh, uh, we need to uh, look at how well they are progressing and assist them, uh, because again, uh, this is an, uh, an objective to provide mobility. Uh, this is a little bit more constrained environment. Um, originally, it's sort of just the last mile. Uh, I'd like us to get beyond the last mile, uh, because in the again in the United States. Um, uh, sure, we can provide the last mile to mass transit systems, but those mass transit systems only serve 4% of the trips. So that's not really where people are coming from and going to. Um, uh, so we really need to look beyond the last mile. Well, I'm not sure that uh, some of the famous race car drivers are going to enjoy this next story uh, from Engadget. McLaren imagines a future with AI co-piloted race cars. It's great to see McLaren in this. I mean, you know, just to, to have McLaren involved in, in thinking about it and, and really looking at how to use technology and how to use technology to help the driver. 
Again, this is a, the other piece of, of smart driving cars. Uh, I like to talk about the driverless piece of their mobility machines for everybody. But in fact, probably the most valuable piece of all this technology is for the safe driving car. Uh, the technology that basically um, sits in the background and observes exactly what you're doing all the time. And should you get into trouble, jumps in and saves your butt. And in fact, uh, uh, that is really what McLaren is looking for now, not just for us who, who drive down Nassau Street or Cleveland Lane or, or the New Jersey Turnpike, but, uh, but race car drivers. Uh, so really, this is, um, this is uh, interesting and, and very welcome to see uh, McLaren uh, considering automation to, um, to, again, help the driver. And here it's a race car driver. So this is um, you know, well, maybe they will welcome it. I, maybe I overestimated how much they, they want to have full control. Uh, yeah, we all want full control until uh, until it gets us into trouble. And I don't think race car drivers are any different. I mean, I guess um, if they no longer crash, will anybody go to a NASCAR race? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're there just to watch the crashes. I don't know. I've never been to one. So um, maybe somebody will invite me someday. <laughs> I have been to a Formula One race, though. I'd love to be invited again. Under the uh, half-baked stuff that probably doesn't deserve your time section in the newsletter, is a story from Reuters. Boeing's flying car lifts off and race to revolutionize urban travel. Uh, this past Wednesday, Boeing uh, said its flying car prototype hovered briefly in the air during an inaugural test flight. Uh, I don't know. I mean, um, anybody who would have one of those already has a, a Bell or Sikorsky helicopter at their waiting. So I don't know. Uh, uh, Boeing, really? Uh, okay, I guess it's a market, but um, but for urban travel, I I, I don't think so. Uh, well, didn't please. we see at, at CES? Uh, uh, I think it was a Bell quadcopter uh, parked pretty parked pretty near Absolutely. our studio. I, I couldn't <laughs> wait. To, as you noticed, I couldn't wait to go in there and sit in it. And you, I think you took my picture in there. Yeah, we had a we had fun with it. But uh, okay, great. Um, um, never mind. <laughs> and in the come on, man, section of the newsletter, why Uber wants to build scooters and bikes that can drive themselves. I, I, anything to pump up the IPO. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Uh, sure, of course. Absolutely, they're strewn around, and then and then they have to uh, get some uh, some guy to go go around pick them up and uh, and take them to get recharged. It is empty vehicle management is a really big problem in all forms of transportation. It's a problem with airlines. It's a problem with railroads. It's a problem with the rental car companies. It will be a problem with driverless cars, and it's a problem with bicycles and scooters. So, yes, it is very challenging. And when you don't have a human in there helping you, then you have to put the intelligence in there. And um, it, it's going to have to become awfully inexpensive uh, to, for, to be able to afford to put it on a scooter. And great. Um, it's a great objective to have. Uh, but then as I put, uh, you know, what are swarms of these things coming down the sidewalk at you all, you know, going by <laughs> themselves? 
going to look like an invading army or I mean I don't know uh, sure heading heading back to the charging station yeah heading back to the charging station well, yeah of course you know it's, it's got to be charged it's well, I, I guess, I mean, this story makes it sound like they're serious, that Uber is looking to hire people to help it develop these autonomous scooters and, and, and bikes. So I guess we we will see what happens. Great. And then, of course, they, uh, you know, Anthony Lewandowski should be the first one since he, developed, you know, he was doing the, uh, the driverless uh, uh, bicycle so uh, or, or motorcycle. So, uh, again, uh, I guess Uber is looping back around. And Anthony, if you're Ant- listening, uh, give us a ring. We want to have you on the podcast. And that'll do it for this edition. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com, now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play us, too. You can find my tech reports at Textonation.com. And don't forget to go to the SmartDrivingCar.com site for more information on the upcoming Smart Driving Car Summit coming up in May. Uh, yes, it is almost February. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening.